This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Wednesday afternoon. Hope you're enjoying your day. Wow, it is beautiful out there. What have we got, 25 degrees right now? And and I just feel like people have heard the long weekend isn't going to be that great, so they're just cr- trying to cram in as much time outside as possible. So thanks a lot for hanging out with me this afternoon. I think it was about a week ago that we had a great conversation about distracted driving and how distracted driving fatalities are starting to outpace impaired driving fatalities. And then I saw this survey that the AMA did, and I thought, I want to get into this discussion this half hour because it's not about impaired driving with alcohol, but impaired driving when it comes to drugs. And I thought I'd uh, go right to the source. Jeff Kasprick is vice president of the Alberta Motor Association, joins us today. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Angela. How are you? I'm well. Uh, This is a pretty intensive survey that the AMA Mm -hmm. conducted. Give me a little bit of background what you're looking at. Well, uh, you know, as we uh, as we have a new federal government in Ottawa and uh, commitment from that government to have a conversation around legalization of marijuana, what we wanted to do was reach out to our members and uh, start the conversation with regards to uh, the traffic safety implications that could uh, potentially result um, uh, coming from legalization of marijuana. And so we reached out to our members and uh, and we asked them some questions just to get a little bit of a base baseline understanding of of what the awareness is of the impact that marijuana has on uh, your ability to drive and your overall impairment, because it certainly is an issue that we need to be aware of. If you're reaching out to your members, you've got a pretty big base. How many people are involved in the survey? Well, you know, we're uh, we're proud to have uh, nearly a million members that uh, are Albertans that are members of the AMA, uh, something that we uh, take great pride in every single day. And we had uh, about 1,200 individuals participate in the, uh, pardon me, actually 1,700 individuals participate in the uh, survey overall. All right, so then give me some of the questions and the results, and we'll delve into those a little deeper. Well, the the first that we wanted to look at, and to be very clear to your listeners, is as an organization, we aren't um, editorializing one way or another as to whether or not it's the right thing to, to legalize marijuana. That's certainly going to be food for fodder for other people to have conversations on. Our focus is around the traffic safety uh, considerations around that. So we did ask our members what their concerns may be uh, related to uh, to driver performance uh, if an individual has used marijuana. And we actually saw more than three-quarters um, of our members, 79%, indicated that they had concerns related to driver performance. And then we said, okay, so if you have those concerns related to driver performance, what about road safety and how does that translate to road safety? And once again, we saw more than three-quarters of our members uh, with concerns around road safety. It's very interesting to know note that, you know, these are some pretty high proportions. And so it, we, we took uh, a clear understanding that our members do have some concern uh, around the issues of driver performance and road safety. But we had also asked, uh, you know, do you support um, the conversation around legalization overall? And it was a fairly even split. So I, I think what's actually really quite telling about that is that even though some may be um, supportive or others may not be around the question of legalization, nevertheless, Nevertheless, when you separate that from uh, driving, uh, we, we begin to get a lot of consensus that this is an area that we need to be very aware of. 
And I, I find that really interesting because it's almost as if, as if you could insert instead of marijuana alcohol. Because let's say before it was legalized during prohibition, mm-hmm. if you had this same conversation, I think you'd probably be evenly split about people. Oh, should we legalize alcohol or not? No, yes. And then when you start to say, well, how do we know if someone's impaired or how that affects their driving performances, and then as a result, their safety on the road? It's a similar conversation we're having. You know, I, I think you illustrate uh, a very interesting and astute point. And, and I think the, the other piece for us to be very aware of and why it's important for us to start having this conversation right away. You'd indicated that we're heading into the long weekend, getting ready for that. And, and we need to start having these conversations right now, particularly as traffic safety is always top of mind heading into the long weekend and ongoing. The difference is this, is that we've had decades to, uh, to educate um, uh, motor and public in general around the impairment effects of alcohol on your ability to drive. Um, you know, we are literally staring at um, a, a case of uh, mere months um, to uh, to be having the exact same conversation when it comes to drug impairment and, and the impairment of marijuana on your ability to drive, which is a, a pretty critical uh, point, and, and it's, a, it's a timeline that's staring us in the face that we need to start having these conversations and build that awareness. Jeff, do the police have the proper tools to be able to test for impairment, especially? And and when we say drug, I mean, that's so broad, Mm -hmm. but do they have what they need to be able to determine if someone is impaired because of that? So uh, presently, the the quick answer for you is no. Um, There is no screening device that presently exists that is approved to be able to uh, establish impairment um, as a result of drugs. Nothing like we have for a roadside uh, breathalyzer uh, when it comes to alcohol. Now, there are behavioral indicators that we can continue to, uh, uh, to look at that that do give a sign of impairment. Um, there's some piloting that's happening right now, Angela, uh, with a, a device called the lollipop test, which is essentially a saliva-based test where um, it's able to screen for multiple different drugs and, and indicate, um, uh, uh, you know, the prevalence of, of certain kinds of drugs. That being said, that's in piloted phase that's still being tested um, and something that, that isn't widely available. Uh, Another really interesting observation that came around that lollipop test is um, we recently had a traffic safety conference in Edmonton, actually, and, and there was a uh, state uh, trooper from Colorado that uh, that was visiting the conference and speaking. And what he had indicated is that users of marijuana more often than not will develop dry mouth. And so at the roadside, even when they're piloting this lollipop test, in some circumstances they're finding that uh, drivers aren't able to produce an adequate saliva sample in order to make the test work. So there's a number of different implications that we need to be very mindful of uh, as we're going forward. And I think the thing is, though, even when we're coming up with the, the laws around marijuana, is it's just one drug. And so how do you determine what drug is in that person's system that's making them impaired? So I guess that goes back to just the fact that we don't really have the precise tools to be able to check for this. Uh, that's Yeah, you're, you're exactly yeah. right. We don't have the precise tools. We are trying to uh, work very earnestly about uh, trying to find some of those appropriate tools that are able to screen for multiple different kinds of drugs. Um, the, the piece is, is this, is that as we're moving forward and, and we 
may potentially see legalization of marijuana, um, and um, we may potentially uh, need to be ha- or have increased vigilance around drug impaired driving, is that we will need to look more at some of those behavioral indicators. Um, so, you know, those tried, tested, and true uh, sobriety tests of walking a straight line, or you know, I, I'm not sure I could do it on any good day, reciting the alphabet backwards, are, are maybe going to be some of those um, tests that we're going to have to rely on a little bit as as an indication of impairment as well. You know, it, it's also important to note that impairment can take multiple forms. Uh, it's not just alcohol and it's not just marijuana. It's um, or or illicit um, drugs. It, yeah. it can be prescription drugs or even fatigue. Yeah, fatigue. So yeah. I, I, the the most important message I think that we need to take away from this is whatever it is that we do, we need to separate that from the behavior of driving. When we get behind the wheel, we owe it not only to ourselves and our family and friends that are in the vehicle, but everybody that's on the road along with us, that we need to ensure that we are as alert and capable of driving as we possibly can be. And as long as we're separating those two behaviors of whatever it is that we're doing, any substance use uh, from uh, driving, that will help ensure that our overall driving community is as safe as it possibly can be. Jeff, hold on the line because I've got a few more questions for you. And, of course, I always welcome feedback from our listeners uh, if you've got comments on the whole idea. As we move towards, we know this new government is saying that they're going to be bringing in the laws around legalizing marijuana. Well, I think they even said by next spring. This is one of the, the pieces of the puzzle that we've got to look at. Well, what about as it pertains to driving motor vehicles? I'm Angela Kogat. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. Good feedback here. We are just talking about the Alberta Motor Association recently conducted a survey of its members, just getting their views on, in light of the fact that we probably are moving towards legalization of marijuana, their thoughts and concerns about driver performance or even road safety. And Jeff Kasprick is the vice president of the AMA. Jeff, I've got a number of phone calls and texts. Do you mind being part of this conversation? Absolutely. Okay, perfectly. Here's a text that says, I have friends who don't even think twice about lighting up and smoking a joint in the car, but would never drink and drive. I see strangers smoking joints while driving all the time. Another person says, I don't support legalization or using drugs and driving. And one more here. Why are we having this discussion at all if they can't police it, don't allow it? So those are just some thoughts, and I've got some phone calls as well, Jeff. But I think it's interesting what people are thinking as we move down the road towards legalizing marijuana. Absolutely. I think those are all very valuable comments um, that uh, that your listeners have provided. And, and it goes back to that point that I had made a little bit earlier that we've had uh, a matter of decades to be able to deal with the issue of alcohol impaired driving and and get to the point where we are as a society and understanding the impact of alcohol on your ability to drive and we literally have have mere months of being able to have that same conversation when it comes to uh, marijuana uh, impairment on your ability to drive. And, you know, just just to to level set a little bit as well. There's been an extensive amount of research done into um, some jurisdictions uh, that have 
have actually already legalized marijuana. One just recently done in the state of Washington. And what was found in that is that since the time of legalization in the state of Washington, there has been a doubling of the number of drivers involved in fatal collisions that have had uh, THC within their uh, blood. THC is the active compound within marijuana. So that's a doubling of the number of drivers involved in fatal collisions with THC in their blood since the time of legalization. It's very clear that there is a, a strong traffic safety implication and one that we need to be uh, eyes wide open about as we move forward. Well, you're right. And as I go back to when uh, alcohol became legal, you know, we didn't really understand the impact it had on driving. And as you say, it took many, many years and it took enforcement. And so, you know, I guess you're right. We're, we're having this conversation. It seems like we better have the conversation really quickly and determine exactly what it means to driving. Now, let's just get some phone calls in here as well. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm doing well. What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, just in response to the testing capabilities out there, there is another unit out there called the DT5000 manufactured by Traeger. It has the ability to test up to seven different substances with a saliva test on the roadside. It's not approved for use by the federal government as yet. It's in the process. But there is another system out there. It takes anywhere from 8 to 10 minutes to do a test. It will do marijuana, cocaine, barbiturates, Hmm. the whole gambit of illegal drugs. So there are other options out there. Uh, We currently have a number of them deployed in the oil and gas industry in a fit-for-duty capacity for testing before they allow workers on site. So that same process could come into play as far as roadside testing moving forward. So there are other options available. And you know what, uh, Robert, hold on, because I think just as I took your call, I forgot to lock in uh, Jeff. Jeff, are you still there? Uh, I think we got disconnected, but I am back. And you know what? I think I just lost Robert because I'm just hitting the wrong buttons here. But what Robert was saying was there is a test out there that is used on employees, whether it be in oil sands or wherever. I think he said it was the DT5000 that's able to pick out different types of drugs in a person's system. Not sure if that was the right term, but have you heard of that at all? Robert's right. There are absolutely tests that do exist um, uh, to detect uh, any number of different drugs. Uh, that's uh, largely done through uh, uh, through blood samples as well. Mm. The, the challenge is this, is you are pulled over at the roadside and we need to immediately be able to determine uh, whether or not you're impaired and what you may be impaired by. So uh, it's the roadside component um, that presents a significant challenge. Um, and I think uh, that, Robert that said that, I think that Robert said that test also was roadside, but you know, I apologize for cutting you guys off. So no let me problem. just, let me try to get in a uh, a couple of more phone calls, and I still have Jeff. That's good. And Jason, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. It's only taken me about five and a half years to figure this out. Jason, yeah. go ahead. Hi. Um, so the, the test where they were testing for uh, cannabis in the system in Washington. Mm-hmm. So cannabis stays in your system for months, perhaps. Yeah. Whereas like cocaine, it would be clean, cleaned out of your blood. blood within a week and alcohol within when you're sobered up. So those guys that smoke marijuana, they could have smoked it a month ago and then all of a sudden they were involved and then their blood got tested and then, oh, it happened yeah. to be THC in their blood. Mm. But it could have been from the joint that they smoked a month ago. Jason, your line's kind of breaking up there, but he does raise a good point because uh, we have heard about how THC stays in your system much longer than something like cocaine. Yeah, and and Jason, thanks for raising that point. I think what's important to take from that is that 
um, uh, unlike alcohol, where we have a very well-established per se limit of, uh, of impairment at 0 0.08, um, uh, we know that THC affects uh, different people in different ways. So it's, uh, it's not always clear what your impairment may be at certain levels of THC within your blood. And uh, that, that THC actually does, um, uh, it, for some individuals, particularly the more heavy users, it stays within their system for extended periods of time as well. And so that presents uh, a whole new uh, paradigm that we need to be having a conversation on as well. So, uh, so he's, he's quite right in his comments um, uh, that, uh, uh, that it does uh, stay in some people's bodies a little bit differently. And that's, that's why uh, establishing a per se limit, you know, similar to that 0 0.08 when it comes to alcohol, uh, could present a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Oh, hold on, Robert's back. And uh, Robert, sorry for cutting you off, but um, right. I now have Jeff on the line as well. So Robert, you were saying though, was it the D is in dog, T is in Tom 5000? Correct. It's manufactured by Dreger out of Germany. And you said that it was, ha it had capability to do roadside testing. Correct. So the way the system's set up to work is it only tests the nanogram level in your bloodstream over the approximately the last 24 hours. So there's no, so unlike a blood test, which can show up to the last 30 days, it's focused on what level of impairment are you at now or in the past 12, 15, 24 hours. That's the way it's set up. And the testing cartridges that are used are a predetermined nanogram level that's, a, that's basically an industry standard worldwide. And we, we use these cartridges all over the world. So it is very suitable for roadside testing just as it is for fit for duty testing when you're walking on site. You're looking for the same thing. Robert, someone, Robert, you... Robert someone just texted, uh, are you selling this? No, no, I, I want, I just want the, um, yeah, um, we manufacture it. Dreger does sell these systems. Right. Um, but it's, the in, there's information out there. If you, if you search Dreger, D-R-A-E-G-E-R, there's a lot of information on the drug test 5000 that's available. Yeah, I've got it right here in front of me, Robert. Thanks for that. And uh, thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, I know you're with the AMA, so it's not as if you're the one who's saying, yes, police should use this. But uh, the conversation is we have to be able to have some kind of a testing system right. that is foolproof as we move towards legalizing it and seeing if there is an actual impairment in your driving. Uh, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I certainly wouldn't profess to know all of the... Uh, abundance of different tests that may exist out there. Uh, what I do know is this, is that police services right now uh, in Ontario as well, um, Alberta Transportation is beginning to look at it uh, themselves, are, are looking to pilot a number of different um, testing technologies so that they can deal with this. But as it exists right now, is there's no uh, accepted um, test or accepted uh, process of being able to determine um, drug impairment uh, at the roadside other than behavioral indicators. Yeah, uh, good conversation. Jeff, thanks so much for sharing the details of the survey with us. Angela, I really appreciate it, and thanks for your time. You bet. Jeff Kasperick, he is the vice president of the Alberta Motor Association's Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.